Well, hey, and welcome back to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman, and in this episode, we are going to look at Acts chapter 12. Now, this is, a, again, the Spirit of God is working in the early church. It's working in some incredible ways. And so in Acts chapter 12, you see Peter's uh, his rescue from prison through the, the Spirit of the Lord, ultimately. And uh, But then you also see this other example of God's Spirit working, God's power at play. And you see this in this uh, in this incident with with uh, with King Herod and the way he is arrogant and boastful and the way he is obstinate before the Lord and uh, and so I want to look at this kind of a, an interesting aside passage that gives us a lot of insight into our, our place before the Lord as as human beings as mankind we we have to remember that God is God and we are not and uh, and I want to connect this to another passage as well. Let me show you what I mean, though. Acts chapter 12, starting in verse 20. It says, Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and they came to him with one accord, and having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace, because their country depended on the king's country for food. Now, these are not areas that Herod governs, but these areas are dependent upon the agricultural production of, of the, the area that, that Herod uh, is is governing over. And uh, there's some sort of a, a tiff, some sort of a beef, some sort of a conflict, and, and Herod's tired, or he's angry with them. And so they come well, trying to make peace. And so they do it through this this man, Blastus, the king's uh, chamberlain. And uh, you know, this is uh, just kind of some historical data here. This is a historically accounted for um, event and, and in fact, this next uh, portion of it really is an account of a uh, historically attested event. So it says, on an appointed day, Herod put on the royal robes and took his seat on the throne and delivered an oration to them. And this is probably during a, a feast celebration, celebrating Caesar, actually. And Herod puts on these royal robes. And <clears throat> one historian, Josephus, talks about these robes and uh, they had silver in them. And so in the, the sun, he glistened, he was shining. He, he just, this array, this vestment was, it was brilliant. And he is giving this, this oration. And, uh, and here's what happens next. It says, and the people were shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. Now they're yelling this, maybe because they believe that. Uh, more likely to appease the uh, the the whims of this uh, this this man Herod, and so they're shouting it. And Herod's like, "No, no, 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 don't don't praise me. I'm not." No, actually, he doesn't do anything like that. He seems to accept this. Verse twenty three. Immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him down because he does not give give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied. Now, this is a, a historical event. The text says that he was struck down. Uh, this leads us to believe that he died. And it wasn't necessarily a immediate death. In fact, the historical records show that he died five days later, and it was likely of a like a tapeworm um, parasitic infestation in him. Likely it was really painful and really disturbing and um, and quite uh, terrifying, and uh, and this is the Lord's uh, the Lord's work. The Lord strikes him down. The Spirit is working in in this intense way. 
um, striking down this man who certainly deserved the wrath of God upon him and striking down this man with, in, a, in a dramatic fashion. But, but the connection point I want to make is twofold. First of all, I want to see verse 24. But the word of God increased and multiplied. Now, I, I, our first connection point here that, that I want us to just recognize is God's sovereign hand over history and that regardless of the political situation we find ourselves in, God's word will go forth. God's word is not bound. The word of the Lord will continue and it will multiply, especially when those who are in authority, those governing bodies will try to repress it. Listen, God's word cannot be stopped. I want us to see that Herod was, uh, he stood in opposition to the Lord, ultimately in his arrogance and his pride, but he couldn't stop the word of the Lord. In fact, uh, every breath, every person takes, it is subject to God's approval. We, we live and move and breathe because of him. Jesus is the one that holds the entirety of the cosmos together. He holds the entirety of the world together. And so it's by him that we are sustained, which means we must be very wise in giving him glory and not accepting it for ourselves. In fact, the Lord strikes down this wicked, evil man, Herod, because of his arrogance before him and ultimately his acceptance of worship. But I want to look a little bit more into a different text. Look at Romans 8, 1, 18 through 23. This is the exact reason why Herod is struck down. And this is, this is the, the reality of every single one of us that walk the face of this earth. Since for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. You know, ungodliness is leaving God out. You know what Herod was doing? He was living ungodly when he was accepting the worship and leaving God out. This is this is the the sorry lot of all of mankind. This is the Christless reality that we all once lived in, or maybe even some still live in, if we have yet to trust in Jesus. And it says, if you look here, it says, for this reason, the wrath of God is revealed. It's revealed. It's revealed from heaven. And it says, why? For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. What has God shown us? Verse 20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that they that, that have been made. This is, God, God says, I have made the world and I have made it in such a way that everyone looks at the created order. Everyone looks at the world that they're surrounded with <clears throat> and they know two things off the bat, that there is a, a, an eternal power and a divine nature that's behind creation. Someone might say, I'm an atheist or I, I don't believe in God or I think that everything is just randomly formed, but they're lying to themselves because God himself, the, the one with in whom there is no lie, the one in whom there is perfect truth, he has said, I have shown myself to you. It's like if I write a note for one of my kids and say, hey, I want you to unload the dishwasher and I put it uh, right next to their, um, their gaming controllers and I come home and I find them playing their games and the dishwasher is not unloaded and they say, I, I didn't see the note. Sorry, you, you did. 
There's no way around it. You had to have looked at that note to, to get that control. And this is what God has done for everyone in all of humanity. He says, I have made myself, I have made myself known. He is the one who has done it. Ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. Here's how verse 20 ends. It says, So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, look at this, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they came, became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now we'll actually just stop right here at verse 21. Uh, when, we, when we decide that we are too smart to believe in God, that's actually the moment we become really, really stupid. <laughs> we become foolish. It says we become futile in our thinking, and our foolish hearts are darkened. Futile in our thinking means we, we think less clearly. Now, clear thinking is when we see the world the way God has designed it, when we see the world perfectly the way God has. This is clear thinking. And then our hearts being darkened is when we begin to love the wrong things. Be passionate about the wrong things. Desire the wrong things. This is, this is the consequence of, of, of leaving God out. This is part of the wrath of God that's revealed. Our, our minds become futile and our passions, our desires become darkened. This is the reality of, of what we see with Herod. Herod's someone who should have known the reality of God. He, he, he clearly had God revealing himself to him. This is obvious, but he clearly also had experience in seeing the, the reality of the gospel going forth. And yet he is willing to receive the praise of men and women proclaiming the voice of a God and not a man. And the Lord struck him down. What is the ancient way for our modern day? I think that there are a few key takeaways for us today. The first is, the first is that we have to be careful to always, always honor and always thank and always praise the Lord. Even in those moments when we are when we are at our best, when we are doing an awesome job in our job, in our as a dad or as a mom or as a kid, even in those moments of our obedience and doing things well, we must be careful to say it's it's by the grace of the of the Lord, it's by God and His Spirit that dwells in us. We must be careful never to leave God out, never to live an ungodly life where we fail to give thanks to God and honor God. This is the first area. And so I, I would challenge you to consider where are the places where you're succeeding? What does it look like for you to be careful to honor God in those moments? And then secondly, just the, the last final word, the, the word of the Lord will continue to multiply and increase regardless of what others might do to try to restrain it. God's word will go forth. So, so you and I, we go forth in confidence sharing his word lovingly, gently, and boldly knowing that there is nothing that anyone in this world can ultimately do to stop the word of the Lord.